Unfortunately, when I was reading today, the first chapter I read did not record. So that chapter was called The Quilitary, and I'm just gonna give you kind of a recap. The Quilitary was all about Aaron, and Aaron was going to a meeting with the High Priest Justine, Governor Haluki, which is Lainey's dad, and then Governor Strang, which is another top governor. And Aaron was struggling on his way to this meeting. He was thinking like, I feel like this is a dream that I had when he went to go visit Alex. He couldn't tell if it was a dream or if it was real. And then he came up with an idea. Instead of sharing the idea about the favored farm, in the meeting he surprised everyone and joined, joined, um, I'm sorry, not joined. He surprised everyone and gave an idea that to help with the engines, the cars, because on their way to the meeting, he, the driver of their car told Aaron that he had to use, they have to use like 30 gallons of water or something a day. And they have a water, a fresh water shortage in Quill. So Aaron comes to the meeting with High Priest Justine, Governor Strang, and Governor Haluki, and says he has this great idea that he wants to try to use the Great, Boil, great Boiling Lake of Oil. Um, that they should start pulling oil from that lake and that he wants to go see the lake. And Governor Haluki, Lainey's dad, is like, no way, we cannot go there, it's contaminated. And High Priest Justine gets mad and says, we're going right now. Governor Haluki stands up and leaves. He's like, I have to go. And by the time High Priest Justine says, you have to come back, he's already gone. And so we are not really sure where he goes, but we're, we predicted that he must be going to warn Mr. Today. So that was basically the end of the Quilitary chapter. So I wasn't able to record that for you guys, but you should be able to listen to the next chapter and it will make sense. Visitors. And so it was that while Mr. Today was holding a meeting on the lawn to give the most recent developments to all humans, statues, and domesticated creatures, and while Araha called to order a similar meeting of all the wild creatures in the jungle, the squeaky quilitary vehicle containing High Priest Justine, Governor Strang, and Assistant Secretary Stowe came to a stop outside the vast iron gate. And because no one had ever come through the gate without six months notice, and because only one person in all of Quill had a key to the gate, and because the remaining three Garinos had trickled to the fringe of the crowd on the lawn so they could hear a little more clearly, there was no one to notice the vehicle. <clears throat> Except for Simber, whose keen senses were best of anyone's. But by the time the great winged cheetah had bounded over a row of Artemisians and thundered toward the gate, growling out a warning to Mr. Today that set the entire land of Artemis on their feet and reaching into their component vests for their magical weapons, it was too late. The gate was swinging open. A look passed between the great old mage and the stately cheetah. It was a look of two friends who have known each other for many, many years could understand. So while Mr. Today held up his hand to silence the Artemisians, the stone cheetah stood solid, his enormous wings outstretched to their full span of 20 feet or more, and acted like a shield between the visitors and the crowd to keep the enthusiastic folk from descending on the three quillians like a thousand unwanted ghosts of the, on the eliminator. And just as the three stepped out around the iron door, an enormous gray wolf, burst from the seaside entrance of the mansion and bounded toward Mr. Today until he saw 
that he was too already too late. But he hardly noticed But he was hardly noticed, since all the eyes strained to see around or above or below the great expanse of Simber's wings. With a soft word and a gentle hand, Mr. Today motioned the enormous crowd to be seated, and because they trusted him, they did so. Most of them realizing after thinking about it for a moment that the visitors would be so overwhelmed at the sight of Artemy that they would likely need no containment. But Alex didn't notice everyone sitting. He didn't notice Lainey tugging at his hand, and he didn't notice that when she was unable to pull him down, she stood back up and simply held his arm. And he didn't notice Mr. Today offering a slight nod of approval toward Lainey before he turned and walked slowly across the lawn to approach the guests. Alex merely stood and stared. As, as he stood there, he thought that he should, be, but he should be feeling all sorts of emotional somethings inside his heart and his gut. But all he felt was a chilled emptiness. As if by their entrance, their, by their mere presence, the three Quillians had sucked all the emotion from the entire place into their cold veins, and it had stuck and frozen there. Alex stared into his brother's eyes and watched Aaron stare back, until Aaron could not help but look away. By this time, Claire Morning had weaved her way through the maze of Artemisians, and she walked in step with Mr. Today. Florence joined Simber and stood with her back to him, facing the crowd and training her eyes on Samid, who looked like he wanted to disappear, and on Will Blair, who looked beyond eager to stand face to face with Aaron Stowe and blast him to tiny bits. But even Will saw that he would not win this challenge, not now. He would have to save his venom for a new day, which now seemed nearer than ever. Of the three, it was Strang who was most shocked. But to say that High Priest Justine and Aaron were not flabbergasted would be a fantastic lie, because they were quite beyond their capacities to speak. Their glances darted from the army of unwanted and strange creatures before them to the enormous mansion, to the sparkling blue-green sea, to the lush landscape, and to the forest in the distance. The High Priest Justine, her eyes shooting fiery bits of anger and betrayal after the initial shock of it all, drew herself up to her full height and pressed her thin lips together, so tightly that they seemed to be a single white line painted on her rigid face. Governor Strang looked as if he might pass out at the sight of Simber, whose keen eyes moved from one quillion to the next, and whose body was tensed and ready to strike with, should the need arise. And Aaron Stowe stared and stared and inched backward as all of his nightmares came true before his very eyes. Simber caught the boy's eye and growled such a deep, low warning that it sounded more like a roll of thunder from beyond, somewhere beyond the border wall. Aaron stopped his inching and still, and stood still, well, as still as the statue. Mr. Today, with Claire at his side, approached the visitors. Greetings, Justine, he said Mr. Today. He stood equally as tall, but scores less rigid than the ruler of Quill. Hello again, Aaron. Aaron's face grew pale. Justine's eyes flashed surprise as she glanced at Aaron. Then she turned her fury back on Mr. Today, her voice dripping with contempt, hissed, Marcus. And while Marcus Today had been preparing himself for this moment for many years, it felt surreal. It felt beyond even the Major's own ability to imagine. It felt almost not quite, but nearly pleasant to finally be at this spot so that he could soon put it behind him. And while he was a gracious man, he knew that now was not the time to say another word. The high priest Justine stood just as still, and the two faced each other for several long, uncomfortable seconds, both their minds worrying, deciding the best, how to best continue this conversation in the presence of the menagerie. 
It was Justine who by necessity as the time ticked made the first move. She knew Marcus would take it as a sign of weakness, yet she saw no other way around it other than to stand there until the end of time. And in a fashion of rulers throughout history, she said in a deathly voice, I request a meeting in private. Mr. Today nodded curtly. That can be arranged. At the palace, eight o'clock. Don't be ridiculous. Justine's face flushed hotly, but she kept her voice even. I beg your pardon? Here and now will do. The old mage turned to Simber. Clear the lawn, please. Everyone inside so that I might have a word with the high priest and her comrades alone. Claire glanced at Mr. Today, concerned. He nodded. She hesitated and then left him alone with the three Quillians and began helping Simber funnel the unwanteds into the mansion. Within minutes, nearly all of the Ar Artemians had streamed inside. Alex paused to cast one cool, last cool glance at his brother. They locked eyes for a moment. Volumes of things unsaid passed between them. For the first time since the incident in the mud, Alex sensed his brother's true fear. Alex, Simber growled softly. Alex broke the stair and slowly rounded the corner of the mansion along the dregs of the crowd in step with Miss Morning, as Simber waited patiently and then followed them inside. Alex found his friends in the lounge where hushed conversations had taken place of the usual music and laughter. He slumped down on the couch next to Megan, feeling like all the wind had been knocked out of him. He buried his head in his hands, rubbed the guilt from his eyes, and then looked up and started telling Megan and Lainey the story. Soon, Sean joined him, them, and then Samit approached and sat down tentatively, exchanging a glance with Alex. Alex shrugged and nodded. It didn't matter now what Samin knew or what he could do. Artemis was exposed, and it was Alex's fault. And then he shared what had happened the night before. From the archives floor of the library to the 3D door of the wolf, except that instead of Will Blair, Alex said someone. He wasn't sure why, only that he thought it might cause more problems if word got out. Maybe they won't want to fight, Lainey said when Alex had finished. Are you stupid? Samid said. He looked uncharacteristic uncharacteristically anxious and kept glancing at Alex, wondering if Alex had turned him in but not daring to ask in front of everyone. Can you imagine how furious the high priest must be knowing that Mr. Today has betrayed her all of these years? She's got to feeling, got to feel like the biggest fool ever. If she doesn't want to fight and the word gets, and word of us gets out to the quillitary, they'll take her down and come after us. Sean nodded. No doubt, he said. Megan chewed her fingernail. I hope Mr. Today is all right out there. Don't worry, Sean said. There's nothing they can do to him. He could kill them all in an instant. They didn't appear to have any weapons, but I'm surprised Miss Justine didn't arrive with her guards. She must have great confidence in Governor Strang and Aaron, or else she's grown so confident in her own power that she doesn't feel she, that she no longer feels she needs protection. That won't last long, Lainey said. The five sat in silence, waiting for news. When Earl announced that everyone was to return to the lawn, they all jumped up anxiously and headed for the tubes.